Today on The Breakdown, it's Tom Dwan and good old Patrick Antonius mixing it up again in a cash game hand. We know you love it. There's some interesting spots and decisions, and we're going to take it all apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Was there a time, do you, do you think it was just among people who were really into poker, or was it Juan Antonius and Ivy were the most famous poker players in the world? Is, is that a thing that happened for a time? I don't think that's exactly right, because I think Doyle Brunson was always more famous than Patrick Antonius. And Negranu, probably. Yeah, probably Negranu, too. But they, were, they rounded out the top five, at least. I would say that's probably right, yeah. I mean, freaking Phil Ivy was crazy. Everyone knew who Phil Ivy was, yeah. and, and then... Very quickly. Oh, we forgot about Phil Helmuth, who, by the way, is definitely on the top three list. Oh, yeah, of course. You know what? Antonius might be number six. Yeah, I think he's number six. Because yeah. if you're not a hardcore poker guy, you don't know who Antonius is at all. Right. He's and not number six anymore. No, no chance. Neither is Tom Dwan. I mean, those guys have fallen I think Tom Dwan is still probably top five most well-known poker player. Really? Like, if you take the general population. I mean, well, okay, let's do this. Let's just jump in and do this quickly. Okay. Not, not for very long. Um. Most okay, obviously Helmuth, Negranu, Brunson. Those guys are in. Yeah, those guys are there. We yeah. know that. Um, Ivy's number four. Those four are like locked in the top five. Right? Oh, so you know who might bump? Here we Duan go. from the general general population. Ray Romano, Johnny Chan, Johnny Chan would because of rounders. Yeah, yeah. Also Ray Romano because of everybody loves Raymond. He doesn't count. Also Matt Damon because of rounders. He doesn't count. And because of being in the World That's, Series. No professional oh, so actors can't play professional now? poker player. Paul Pierce, <laughs> professional poker players. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Johnny Chan is, uh, you know, honestly, Phil Locke has a pretty, and Tony Fondiari and Phil Locke also have pretty big uh, profiles these yeah, days. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, it's not as easy as it used to be in the top five because, you know, now people know who poker players are, I guess, a little bit. Well, they know who poker players from that era are because my next thought is like the current poker players who are ubiquitous amongst the poker community, I don't think the general population knows them as well as like in the Duan Antonius era. People I mean, might no one known. knows who Fetter Holtz is. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Like I or said, if I said Fetter Holtz to my mom, she'd be like, what? But if you had said Patrick Antonio's your mom at any point in her life, yeah. she would also have said but that. But he's on the lower tier. If what if She might have known who Tom Dwan was. No, you're crazy. You don't think so? How would she know who Tom Dwan is? She I, watches a lot of poker, does she? No. She talks a lot of poker. I feel like, people? okay, maybe not. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It'd be a miracle. Amarillo she Slim. Yeah. She knows who Amarillo Slim is. She knows who she she may know who Stu Unger is because yeah. he won three times or twice and um also had books about him and there was a movie and stuff like that. And by the way, his story is amazing. Yeah. So she may have heard of him and Doyle Brunson, Giant Chan, Amarillo Slim. That's probably more so than like Dana Negranu, even. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's not talk about this anymore. We're done with the episode. It's been <laughs> nice. The Q rating episode finished. <laughs> But yeah, Patrick Antonius, Tom Dwan, these guys had a lot of battles. Yeah, I miss those battles. They were Me fun. Too. They were amazing. Yeah. And so often someone was making above the rim plays, sometimes both of them making above the rim plays. Yes. And it's just like really incredible to watch guys who can play for huge money, not be afraid, and face off against each other all the time. Yeah. And know that their opponent is very good. It's yeah. like scary. Who was better? I think Dwan was probably better. My guess is Dwan was better too, but it was close, right? Yeah. Like, Antonius probably gave Dwan as much fits as almost anyone in the world. I would guess him, Phil Ivey. Zygmunt. Maybe, maybe Zygmunt. I don't know. I think I always think of Zygmunt as being a little too spewy. Yeah. That you could pick off a little bit. Um, but still, those guys, yeah. Like, Patrick Antonius, certainly in top five of that group. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, time. I don't know if Dwan was too afraid of like the Negranus and Brunsons. I don't think he was. Yeah. I think he was thrilled to play those guys. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this was suggested by Isaac Carlisle. He's had a couple suggestions in recently. Nice job, Isaac. Isaac. What do you do when you suggest, Jonathan? You bind Isaac. The binding of Isaac. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, is that what we're doing here? Oh, we're doing something else? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you to, first of all, yeah. explain that. Oh, sure. And sec- second, <laughs> then I need to tell you to tell them how, how to suggest. Okay. Um, first of all, there are some people who understood what I was talking about. There. That was actually a cultural reference. Yeah, I don't understand Thank it. God, right? Because otherwise, it's, watching your face in the confusion was quite delightful. Um, the Binding of Isaac is one of the more popular, I think, indie games of the last like seven years or something. Like okay. That. I've certainly never played it, but I saw Indie Game the movie, and so I think they talked about it perhaps. Um, anyway... Uh, that's all. That's it for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you find him. Um, here's how you, uh, suggest a hand though to the poker guys, which is us for this podcast and for our videos is man. That's a long preamble. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take my time. <laughs> uh, you tweeted us. We are the number two poker guys. That's two poker guys. Uh, and send in a hand that you like, including YouTube link. And <laughs> you know what? You're making my life hard, man. And it t- send of course, in time. a hand that you like. Uh, Every time when we do the second podcast of the day, it just gets off the rails so quickly. Make sure you like the hand. <laughs> then use the I, internet. Yeah. I got into the binding of Isaac thing in my head. I was still thinking about that when I was talking. Anyway, please timestamp the YouTube link is what I will say. Yeah. Is that okay? Yep. Well done. That was Woo. concise and good, that last <laughs> sentence. We are at Two Poker Guys, the number two poker guys. Please tweet at us. Check out our Twitter feed and follow us on Twitter. Do all the things. I'm, I'm tearing up over here. Yeah. That was so funny. That whole bit was funny. You enjoyed it? The Binding of Isaac thing was great. I'm sure you enjoyed your own <laughs> joke. I mean, it was not my joke. It was your reaction to it. That was <laughs> delightful. It was. It seemed odd. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna listen to that multiple times when the podcast comes okay. out. Okay, like, what <laughs> you what? Where did that come from? I'm that's gonna never stuff. put this podcast out just to de- deny you the pleasure. You know what? Well, then that's fine. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's not gonna bother me because you won't remember because you don't remember anything. I don't remember anything at all? <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem? All right, so let's remember this hand a little bit. Okay, as. The glory, the glorious hand. Oh, what happened there? Oh, I slow. I accidentally like <laughs> two times in the one sentence. Yes. <laughs> wow, you got me. You always call me out anytime I mispronounce a word, so I feel like it's time to get you back a little bit. <laughs> this is this is one hell of a show we got going on. How often on a podcast do people just stare each other down silently? I was for just like let- for like five seconds. <laughs> That's the thing oh that that's the thing that new podcasters might not understand. First of all, you want to talk a little slower than you talk initially when you first start podcasting. Sure. Second of all, silence is part of the podcast, man. Yeah, it's the dissonance. Space. It's the, dissonance. It's like negative space, you yeah. know, for a sculpture. You gotta how else, have it. How you need you need to have one to have the other. Exactly. Like you can't have words without not words. <laughs> 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 of course not. <laughs> Wow. I'm so happy to be here. I love this so much. Oh, God, I hope we can do this forever. Jonathan doesn't. He doesn't drink. Jonathan, I'm completely sober right now. This is just me. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, it's not like three in the morning. It's, you know, it's three in the afternoon. So it isn't like I haven't got enough sleep or anything. I'm just 
goofy and having having fun. It's just a miracle that Jonathan hasn't died in a car accident. <laughs> that That's is correct. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in a lot of car accidents. Yeah, of yeah. course you have. Of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we're on the old poker after dark with uh, Ali Najad running solo as and, usual. Yeah, which that would be a difficult job, I think. I think so too. I mean, we've seen Doug Polk uh, do it a little bit when during King of the Hill, and we felt him struggling a little bit. Honestly, yeah. I think it would be hard for anyone. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you have somebody to bounce off. Oh, of. I mean, yeah, it's so much more fun. But it's so it's interesting to me always on Poker After Dark how minimalist Najad was with everything. Yes. I guess he decided like I'm not really a poker pro. I shouldn't give my input on what these guys are doing. I'm just going to kind of say what happens. I mean, the thing is, Ali Najad does understand poker to a pretty good degree. He's not Nick Shulman or anything. He certainly could have done more than he did. Yeah. I think it was a stylistic choice of the show. We're going to show all the hands, which no one had really done before, and we're going to sort of stay out of the way as much as possible. Yeah. So, like, so often, someone would raise, it would just be silent until the pot gets pushed to someone. He would just say, raise and take it for Johnny Chan yeah. and say nothing else, you know, and be like minutes of that kind of stuff sometimes, which was... Not super entertaining, honestly. Well, I guess actually, if that's your job, it's kind of easy. Like, I mean, if you're trying fair. to fill the airspace, it's hard yeah. by yourself. But if you don't have to say anything unless you feel like it's necessary, then I, it's easy. I think he works well with Nick Shulman, though, on uh, you know some of the Poker Ghost stuff, the yeah. Super High Roller Bowl, and I, I really like him as a uh, play-by-play guy. I think anybody would work well with Nick Shulman. Fair enough, but like, Ollie's smooth. You know, yeah. he's smooth. I met him once. He was a nice guy. He was smooth then too. He's a lot taller than I expected. He's just also, he says bro a lot. Oh, does he? Well, he did that time. It was a while ago. I could see him being a, a bro outside of his job. It, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like in a distasteful way. It was just like, it was friendly. Anyway, let's, please, God, let's move on. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Talking about Nick Shulman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Poker After Dark, yep. Tom Dwan has two red queens. He's in the hijack. We're playing 300, 600. Yep. And Dwan's going to make it 2,200. That's great. So cool. far, so good. Uh, Patrick Antonius is on the button. We are six max. Although, once you're in the hijack, it doesn't really matter. So we open from the hijack. Antonius on the button with ace, eight of clubs, three bets to 7,500. Okay. So whatever. He's just adding that into his three betting range. He's totally got, cool. Got a blocker. Duan decides to just call. Yes. So that's interesting. How deep are we here? Don't know. Okay, but we're really deep. These yeah. guys are always really deep. Yeah. So we can assume we're hundreds and hundreds of blinds deep, basically. Yes. These guys probably both have over a quarter million dollars. In yeah, I would, I would think so. Okay. So with that in mind... Yeah, I kind of like the just call. I'm a big fan of just calling in a lot of situations, admittedly. But as you like to, have used, as I guess you've said anyway in a lot of recent podcasts, you know, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. And yeah. four betting, it's okay to four bet with, you know, with queens, six max. Of course it is. When you're like 300 blinds deep, or in this case, they're probably like four or 500 blinds deep, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble with two red queens here. Like a lot. Not two black queens, though. You're no, no, no. totally fine. Two black fine. queens you, you, is a mandatory four bet. Yeah. Easy. You're going to get, you're trying to get it in. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, you, you absolutely can. And playing your hand for deceptive value in this way is not so bad. You are at a position, which sort of sucks, but at least you're not going to blow up the pot anymore being out of position against a very competent player who isn't going to play fit or fold on the flop. So I think, a, I think a call is probably has a chance to be the most profitable play here. I'm not sure if it is, but it's got a shot to be. It does have a chance. And there, there's some gameplay elements going on here as well, because Ali Najad actually does pipe up and say something about this what? call. He says, he says that apparently so far in the session, Antonius has been three-betting Dwan a lot, uh, and every t- every time Dwan is either folded or called. Right. So maybe that's part of some overall plan Dwan has against Antonius, like flatting a lot of Antonius's three bets and letting him bet. I mean, there's something to be said for the idea that three-betting is really to isolate as much as anything else when you're really deep against good players. And so, um, so once you're isolated, 
there isn't as much value necessarily to four betting. Obviously, I mean, the value some. is the amount of money you put in that of you course. can then win. But then, you know, if Antonios is good, like, for example, in this case, if Duan puts in a, a hefty four bet, which I would expect him to if he's going to four bet, Antonios is just probably going to fold most of yeah, the time. Yeah, if Duan makes it like 23,000 or something. Right. So if Duan's aware, Patrick actually has a wide range. I don't want to lose the, the weak part of his range. I want to keep that in. Now, Queens is strong enough. You could still four bet and keep a lot of the strength of his range, and that's fine. But... This, there's some value to sort of like keeping all the crap that's going to be in there by not forbetting. And, you know, you assume Patrick's going to see bet a lot, like maybe almost always yeah. back then, especially. So it's almost like, you know, it's not the same as a four bet because the C bet's going to be much less than the size of whatever the four bet would be. But still, like more money is going to go in almost always anyway. So there's that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, OK, so drawn flats. We got $16,500 in the pot. OK, going to the flop. Here we go. It's not a card that Dwan wants to see that peels off the King of Spades. Oh. Eight of Spades, Deuce of Hearts. Well, Patrick gets a little something, doesn't he? Yeah, he flops middle pair top kicker. Um, Dwan, of course, still is likely to have the best hand, but the king is not comfortable. It's not ideal. Right. But, you know. So okay. Dwan checks. Makes and sense. Antonius bets. He bets 11,000. You said there were two spades on this flop? Yes. Okay. Do you think it is a mandatory bet for Antonius here? That's a fair question. Um... I think as Antonius, it's fine to bet because we've bloated this pot. Um, and we just it's okay to take it down right now, basically, because the pot's kind of big-ish. But I don't think it's a mandatory bet at all. What do you think? I agree. I mean, this is the type of... If we're going to have a check back range once we three bet, this is the type of hand that is really, really easily fits into that range. I agree. Because getting check raised, obviously, is not good. No. We can consider calling a check raise, but now we're in this super high variance hero spot. So usually we're going to fold to a check raise, which is no fun. We don't want to be doing that because a lot of the time it'll be spades. And so we'll convince ourselves of that and end up calling. And then we'll lose a huge pot eventually a lot of the time. I mean, if it was me, I would probably check it back because I know Dwan's capable of a lot of check raises. And I don't have the heart to call him down for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Personally, I would find a fold at some point in the way along the way. Patrick Antonius is not that guy. You know, he's probably more willing to at least sometimes call down with this hand, even if he gets check raised sometimes. Probably not always, but at least some percentage of the time. And so sometimes, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be profitable over time. I'm not sure either. I mean, Dwan's going to, what's Dwan really going to be raising, though? He's not going to raise one pair of hands against Patrick. Sets of kings, sets of deuces, that's and it. spade draws. Maybe king eight suited once in a while. Yeah, maybe. Um, but we block some of the king eight suited anyway. And okay, if we're going to talk about what's being blocked, then the one set of eights also. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but then, of course, all the spade draws are possible raises for Dwan. We've seen him play spade draws very aggressively much of the time, right? So we're probably okay there. Although the last hand we saw Dwan play on the breakdown, he played against Viffer, and he did not raise a flush draw That's on the true. flop. And that, in fact, got him paid off because Viffer was so sure he would have raised a flush draw on the flop, right? Yeah. So, but maybe that speaks to... I mean, that may speak to Viffer's... Um, I was going to use the word incompetence, but that's not fair um, to Viff. But maybe that speaks to, like, if Viffer was right about that, that Dwan almost always raises a flush draw on the flop, then that tells us something, right? Or not raise, sorry, bet a flush draw on the flop. Yeah, but he might not. Yeah, of course maybe he Viffer might not. Just, Viffer just thinks that. Yeah, no, he's no, true. That's what I was saying, speaking potentially to his incompetence about Dwan. But I don't know if that's fair or true. Um, I think it's fair to guess, though, like, Dwan normally is going to bet a flush draw one check, too, if he's on the button. And Dwan is, at least some of the time, going to raise a flush draw heads up. Right. Although I don't know if he's going to do it on this board on the King high board. Yeah. I'm it seems sure. like a weird time to do it. So I think ultimately Antonius decides to bet. He bets yeah. 11,000. I think this is mostly for protection. Like mostly yeah. just 
Like if I get called, I guess it's okay. It's sometimes bad, but mostly I want you to go away with your jack ten of diamonds and not catch up. You yeah, know? I think that's right. And I think Patrick probably bets a lot after he th- after he's been three betting to one, and this is probably one of the better hands he's going to show up with. You know, like if he looks at the range of times in this session that he's three bet to one and then had to see bet the flop, like this is probably better than average. Like probably way better than average. Like middle pair top kicker. You know. Yeah. So. Maybe he's actually maybe so there may be some value in there too, like more value than when you and I are going to do it because we're going to be three betting less and C betting less. In a traditional sense, there's not a ton of value in it because right. you, you would think Dwan would throw away two sevens. You would think that. I'm not sure if he actually would for one bet against Patrick though. With, after all the history these guys have, well, know? I feel like Dwan would never fold two nines and he would a lot of the time fold two sevens. I think that's not crazy at all, but I think Dwan's going to call with an eight. Yeah, if he had eight nine suited or eight ten suited, he would call. Now, if we think he's going to call with an eight, why do we think he'd fold two sevens? Patrick doesn't have that many eights in his range. Because if we have an eight, we block a set of eights. We block Antonius having a better eight. And we have a lot more chance to improve than if we have two sevens. Those are all really good reasons. So there you go. Agreed. Uh, So Antonius does bet. Now, Dwan is kind of boxed into just calling here, right? Is there anything else he can do? It would be absurd to raise with the king on board. Yeah. Antonius clearly has ace king in his range and he probably has other kings in his range too. If he's been three betting a lot, we're, we're not necessarily walking into game theory disaster yet because the spades out there means we can get called potentially by worse hands, but it seems crazy to be targeting those hands to call us down. They need to not fold and call us down basically rather than letting Patrick either continue to bluff or hopefully slow down with his better hands that are better than ours. Right. Yeah. And also I, it just seems like the move is to clearly call, right? This is, this is pretty straightforward. Yep. That's what he does. Yeah. All right. We're done with the podcast. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Especially you, Gina. Gina never does a good job. But tonight... Are you just... Okay, Jonathan, this is a fundamental problem I have. When we're talking to our 40 employees... Yeah. You are always, like, thinking about the last performance they had compared to their current performance. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about their current performance against what we expect, because... Gina did a terrible job for the last month, and finally she did something that was average, and yeah. you're saying it's a good job yeah, now? This is, How this is she going to learn? Right. This is a gl- classic disagreement you and I have, but we haven't really articulated it, so I'm <laughs> glad you bring it up. <laughs> like, you say, how is she going to learn? This is how she learns, right? If we don't give her positive feedback when she does something that's closer to what we well, want, I how is she ever going to know? I wanted to fire her three weeks ago. Well, why didn't you? Because you wouldn't let me. That's right. I wouldn't let you, and I'm not going to let you, because you have to... Do you know Gina's situation? <laughs> this is all fake. Just oh, cool. For anybody who Gina's is not real. Yeah, we don't have employees. <laughs> this is what we do, though. When it's the second podcast of the day, we get a little out there. Yep. And we, we jump on any chance to go on a long and winding road. All right. So back to the hand. Dwan is called. He's got two red queens, king eight, deuce, two spade board. Antonius has ace eight of clubs oh. after the bet and call. Yes. Um. <laughs> I have something to say, okay. actually, about the bet and the call. Okay, go. Um, so Patrick Antonius doesn't do this, I don't think, that I'm aware of, and neither does Tom Dwan. But you and I do play a nitrogen sports poker, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's about the bet and the call? It's time to do an ad, Grant. <laughs> okay. We've been going for so long, we need to do an ad. I just realized. We often do all. the ad way deeper into the podcast than this. I felt like it was time. Okay. <laughs> So tell me a little bit more about that. I'm happy to grant and try not to mess it up or freak out or anything. (laughs) It's going to be really hard today. 
Grant. Uh, okay, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. First of all, you got to use the link in the description of this podcast if you want to have access to cool stuff like Poker Guys free rolls. We have a great tournament coming up on December 31st. It's going to be a one, uh, sorry, a point one millibit buy-in, which is like a dollar seventy right now, um, with a huge purse, a big overlay. We really encourage you to play. We're going to play it as well. There might even be bounties on our heads. We're not sure. But the thing about Nitrogen Sports, Grant, is that it's Bitcoin only which is super sweet because it means super fast withdrawals and super fast deposits. And also, they don't charge a fee. You can, you can withdraw once a week for free. Why would you want to withdraw any more than that anyway, by the way? What I are mean, you, what are you doing? Know. What kind of a drug dealer are you? You need to withdraw more than that. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry about it, people, if, if you are I'm sorry, dealer. I didn't mean to offend the drug dealers. Yeah, I mean, that was, they're like, I wouldn't, drug dealers are like, I wouldn't withdraw once, more than once a week. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so Nitrogen is the place. They also have sports betting. They have a casino. So if you got a little Jonesing going on, you can let it out of the cage. <laughs> Too late. I freaked out a little. <laughs> <laughs> we got to finish it up. Wrap it All up. Right, um, so Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. My goodness. I love Nitrogen Sports. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my uh, god. Jonathan I hope manic. People, I hope people are enjoying this one. I really do. I'm gonna enjoy it when I listen to it. I know that. This is the manic face. Yeah. I'm like I've been like tears have been going down my face from laughter throughout this entire uh, episode so far. I'll I may start. I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but um Carl Young posited that and around middle age, and that's about Jonathan's age right sure, now. Sure, why not? Uh, men who have creative professions, which Jonathan does, tend tend to have what Young called a creative illness, mm. which basically means you go psycho for about seven years. Cool. Um, and he posited that because it happened to him. So obviously, it's not out of a, a place of reality. But I think Jonathan might have it. It's might this might be the beginning, guys. You might be hearing <sighs> the beginning of Jonathan's creative illness. I mean, is that a bad thing? If I experience it as joy, that's good. No, congratulations, man. Enjoy it. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm down. I'm in Fast and Furious Eight, starring me. Let's do this. <laughs> now you have to. Now you have to watch Fast and Furious Eight, download it, and CGI yourself into like all of the scenes. Oh, I'm I'm gonna do it. We have the ability to do that. I mean, not I. not worth you like really moving that much. I guess we could take a lot of B footage of you in front of a green screen. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like me running and yeah. stuff. That would be awesome. Or me like like driving. And then we like put it in like over Vin Diesel and stuff. Can we just CGI Vin Diesel punching the crap out of you like a bunch <laughs> of times? Yeah, okay. You know what? Okay. For those of you who are still listening somehow, who have not turned this back. Congratulations. Yeah, now yeah. the good stuff comes. Yeah, here we go. All right. If anyone has the ability and decides to, and by the way, Barry Gribble, I'm looking at you, um, to make a freaking video of Vin Diesel punching me in the face multiple times, there is a prize. There's yeah. a serious prize. What's the prize, Grant? Uh, we'll ship you one millibit on nitrogen. Okay. And you know what? Who knows what that's going to be worth at that point? At this, at this point right now, that's about 17 bucks. Okay. Also, we're going to call you. We're going to give you a shout out on the show for sure. And you know what we're also going to do? We're going to show that video. We're going to put it into one of our breakdown videos because everyone needs to see that. Yes. So we're going to publicize it to the world. That's what you, that's all you got to do. The best one. So if we get multiple ones, we'll do a show only the best one. There's going to be one. And winner. if the best one's real crappy, no prizes will be awarded. Of course it, but I think even crappy is going to be fantastic. I got to tell you. All right, guys. There you go. The, the gauntlet's been thrown. Show yep. us your skills. Ooh, that'd be fun to see Jonathan get punched by Vin Diesel. I want to see it. <laughs> okay. If you could, like, add a little, like, bloodiness to his face afterwards, too. Oh, they're going to do that. Yeah. Don't worry. These guys are pros. I, I guess I shouldn't tell them how to do their job. 
Yeah, maybe you know, not. This They're is going to do a much better job, job than now. This By is your way, job now, podcast listeners. It's also co- it's also going to have him like running me over with a car, any yeah. anything like that, or all fine. of all of those things. Yeah, in a yeah. Row. <laughs> the more the better. The yeah. more every time you do a good one, another millibit comes your way. Right <laughs> it's just, wow, it's going to add up fast. We're going to go broke on this thing. Whatever, I want to see this. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to the hand. Right. Uh, what, what's happened so far? We got 38500 in the pot because Antonio spent 11000 on the flop into sixteen five with ace eight of clubs on a king eight deuce two spade board. Tom Dwan has just called preflop of Antonio's three bet and called on the flop with two red queens. Yep. That's what happened. Yep. All right. What's the turn? King of diamonds. Yes, it is. Top card pairs. Dwan likes that. That makes it a lot less likely that Antonio's has a king. Yep. Uh, he decides to check. I think that's probably the only course of action still. It would be weird to bet. Be very weird to bet here. All right. So this is a decision that we're going to have to talk about a little bit and something that is a bit interesting. Antonius yeah. decides to bet again. Right. Now, betting the flop was like, eh, I guess you guys can, I can see it. Betting the turn. Are, is there value to be had? I think there's a little bit of value to be had. Yeah. Um, we're getting value out of other eights, which is pretty big, by the way. 26 into 38.5. Yeah, I guess he's trying to really he's trying to charge the draws, I guess, which is the spades specifically. Okay, right? yeah, so let's break it down in that way yeah. and you were about to you were starting to do that. So, what does this accomplish? What are the positives that this accomplishes? The only positives are we can we probably can still get called by eights, by other eights. Uh-huh. At least sometimes. I'm not sure if Juan really would call, but we've seen him hero a lot. We've seen him hero against Antonio. He'll a consider lot. calling with 8-9 suited here. I think he would. Yeah. And he really might find a call. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, my hand's just too good. To Especially fold. if Antonius has been three bet C betting a lot. Exactly. So he's like, yeah, 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 Patrick, I call. Um, and so then this way we're either, so if someone has spades, they're often going to make a mistake against us, right? They're often, if they, if, I mean, a fold is not a mistake, but if they call, a it's call probably is a mistake. Yeah, it calls a mistake because it's too much. So yeah. this way Patrick gets to win and not, and it's, it's more protection than value, I guess, for the most part. Um, but the other thing is, if Dwan has him beat, which, of course, Dwan's going to have him beat sometimes, right? Dwan's going to have nines and tens and jacks, as we see, sure. even queens. Or a king. Yep, or a king. Um, oftentimes, Dwan's going to call this and check the river, and Patrick can quickly check back, and he gets to control the pot rather than make a bad fold or, be, or have Dwan do those, one of those crazy overbets or anything like that. Obviously, Dwan could still decide to raise here or make a huge overbet, donk overbet on the river, but he's rarely going to do that at this point. Yeah, okay. My thought on that would yeah. be we've seen Dwan make a bunch of crazy overbets in the past. We have. But he doesn't do it all the time. Like, on average, mm-hmm. 26K is going to be probably about what Dwan bets or maybe less if Dwan has his beat on the river. I agree. So I don't know if there's a lot of value in controlling the size of the pot that way instead of checking back. No, I, I agree with that point. And we can make a decision based on sizing on the river. Like, we can under, like we're Antonius. We understand Dwan's ranges at different sizes better than most people do. And we'll know, like, when he's polarized and when he's not and all of those things most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, if a spade doesn't come off on the river, Dwan's, every time Dwan has his beat, I think he's probably going to bet, depending on which card it is, but assuming if it's a low spade, a low non-spade, which is a fair amount of the deck, like 40% of the deck, right? Dwan's usually going to bet if he has a beat, and we're going to have to call, right? If it's non-spade, I think we're just going to feel forced to call because I assume Juan's going to bluff. I don't know. Is lot. Juan going to bet two nines on the river for sure? If it goes check check here, if a deuce comes on the river, I I would expect he would try and get called by um, an ace high or a lower pocket pair. It seems ambitious. It is ambitious, but these guys have so much history, man. These guys have so many hero I'm just calls not, in them. I'm just not convinced he's going to bet uh, nines. I think he probably will bet queens. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure he'd bet. Nines close. and tens might not be bets. Really, you think you think tens wouldn't bet the river? It's quite. Po- I mean, I think Antonius would definitely take the the line with Jackson Queens of of so what three bet C betting. Yeah, but how does that hurt us to bet the river rather than checking? It's all the same, isn't it? Patrick's going to bet jacks if we don't bet nines. How does it hurt us? I suppose. I mean, I think that's true with tens as well. I mean, well, it hurts us because we don't get to capture bluff equity. It's a very that clear, is true. Clear that is reason true. it hurts us. Um, but Patrick checked back the turn, and so he's often giving up. Right. He could have spade draw that he was want to see a free river, and he's going to bluff if he misses. That's true. No, and also he could, if we check again, he might decide. Well, I just have to take a shot at this. Right? Yeah. But more of the time, Patrick's going to have a showdownable hand that's not super strong. Right. Like what? Ace high. Ace high. He's not going to call the river with ace high that often. If spades br- brick, he's going to consider it. He'll consider it, but. It's going to fold a There's lot of time. There's not that much. There's not that much there. This is this is a problem. If we have nines, though, Patrick, I guess, could have an eight, although it's hard to put him on an eight. Yeah. He does, but it's really hard to put him on an eight. I don't think Dwan's betting nines. But you think river. for sure he's betting queens? I think, yeah. I think it's a big difference. But why? Because I think queens can get called by jacks, tens, and nines and yeah. be happy about it. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. So that's true. Th- those things are good. Um but is there anything else they can get called by to be happy about? Ace eight, which nines can be happy about too. Yeah, but no, not too much. Okay, well, I guess if we think that's all that can really call, then queens is better than nines to bet. But again, we're going to put in a bet against those hands either way, right? We are. Like if we check with queens on the river, yeah. Patrick's going to bet all those hands. Probably, probably. I think he is. But if Patrick, we're worried, but the, this whole question is like, are we worried about the sizing on the river? We're trying to right, set the sizing. Right, like, we're right. We're doing this from Patrick's point of view. Yeah. Right? So if Dwan has queens, he might decide to to size it up a bit because he's like, okay, yeah. I feel like you usually don't have a king. I'm going to try to get called by these worse hands. If right. he has nines, he doesn't feel like he. Oh, can. that's a, that's a fair point. So that's Dwan might bet point. like 35k on the river with queens and right. with nines, just check. Yeah. Okay. That's not crazy. Or bet a lot less. Anyway. Yeah. Get, get less value for sure. Right. Okay. So I'm not sure that that should be the intention of this turn bet by Antonius, especially because it's a relatively big bet to yeah. like be able to check the river back in case we're beat. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really count that as a value of the bet. I mean, I would like it more if he bet less. Then I could justify all this much easier, right? Yeah. Like you're setting your price to get to showdown. But you're right. He's, he's pricing it kind of big. How much was in the pot when he bet? 38.5, he bet 26. Yeah. So he's betting... I mean, I guess that's sort of just a typical cash game bet. Right. Oh. But if we're going for this explicit purpose, yeah. then we why, why, why not choose a bet, different size. Yeah. Why not yeah. bet 20? Yeah. Or something like that. We're like, yeah, I mean, that's that's cheaper than I'd probably have to pay almost no matter what. So yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he is getting to charge the spades. By yes. Paying. That's that's the only real value. Strong value. Charge the spades and maybe get heroed by an eight. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you really can get called by an eight here. And by doing it now, you get to charge the spades instead of letting the spades have a free shot. Whereas right. like, the eight will probably call on the river with the same frequency it would call on the turn. It's not going to call two streets most of the time, though. And the other thing is the eight won't call the river nearly as much because there's a lot of scare cards that can come that haven't come. Right. right. So like this may be your only chance to get more value. That said, we block eights and Dwan yeah. has like seven, eight suited, eight, nine suited and eight, ten suited and maybe six, eight suited. Yeah. So that's not a ton. Maybe Jack eight suited, but there's not much there. I yeah. agree. Maybe five eight suited. There's there's some, but there's not a huge amount of eights. And as you said, we do block some. Yeah. But what else could this bet be about? Mistake. <laughs> could be a mistake to bet. Maybe. 
Maybe it's a mistake to bet. There's no more from, reason from, to yeah. protect against random two cards like there was on the flop. On the flop, we could protect against Jack-10 of Diamonds. But on the, now, tu- right, on the now turn, Duan doesn't have Jack-10 right. of Diamonds. Right. I mean, he could have Jack-10 of Spades. Yeah. So, so we can price out. So we can price out all that equity. Yeah, we can price out the Spades. The Spades with overs, though. Yeah. So that's cool, but still. But that, our big concern isn't, oh, my God, he's, he hit a 10 on the river, right? Yeah. That's not nearly the big problem. Yeah. I mean, I think he's trying to charge spades for the I most part. I think that's part. mostly what he's doing, and I think it's based on the table dynamic between these guys that Antonius has been three-betting and C-betting a lot. He thinks he can get value more frequently. Yeah. But I got to believe, if Duan, for some reason, called with sevens on the flop, maybe now he's like, okay, I'm going to dump it now. Like, I can't call with sevens now. Um, It's harder to call with sevens on the turn, for sure. For sure. I wouldn't expect it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect, expect it. it on, I wouldn't expect it on the flop, even. But now that we're here, I yeah. really wouldn't expect it. He, I don't know if... yeah. I don't know if he's calling on the flop or not, but I, I agree with you. It's rare he's going to call twice with sevens. He might just dump it on the flop just to not get into the situation. Like, all right, all right, whatever. It's like, yeah. it wasn't that pricey. Right. Yeah. When so the king yeah. flops, too. I'm, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of this bet by Antonius. Yeah. It seemed weird. I mean, honestly, both bets are a little unusual. Yeah. Uh, flop and turn. And seemed a little strange at the time. I can justify the flop bet a lot more yeah. easily, I think. Yeah. But I think, again, this goes back to history also with these two guys. They have so much. Maybe Antonius, at this point is C-betting flops and turns against Duan after he three bets because they, yeah. they, like, their leveling game has gotten that point. It wouldn't be surprising if they play a lot of hands against each other. To the point like, where Duan's calling down with like two fours here? Yeah, or maybe even ace high um, because he's just like, you're always like, you know how it's like, well, I know you're always C-betting. Well, it's like, I know you're always betting flop and turn. Like, I know that. Like, it's not even a, like that's automatic. I guess if so that's then, the case, then there's some value to be had. Yeah, but still, that's thin. Yeah, it's very best. thin. And we don't know if that's true. Right. Either way, that's what he does, and uh, Duan, it would be absurd to fold for Duan now at this point when the king pairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You you don't love it, but, I mean, you rarely love anything in poker unless you have the nuts, so this is a pretty good spot. Yeah. And in fact, it actually is a good spot as well, since we know Patrick's hand. Especially because the king paired in a way, because yeah. you don't expect him to bet ace-eight, right? That seems weird. It, you're not really expecting that. Right. You'd think if Antonio's had you beat already had aces, yep. he would check this card. Yes, I would. I would expect Patrick to usually check this card, unless he had a king or was bluffing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so Duan feels pretty good about that because yep. I mean, maybe Antonius has like all the random kings in his range because he's three betting all the time, and that's a problem. But it's harder to have a king now because there's two of them. I mean, we just have to hold on right now. Yeah, Duan. Right, and I think the plan is hope for a brick on the river and hold out a little more and win the pot. Maybe it goes check check, we win. Maybe he bluffs, so we win a bigger pot. But I don't maybe. think we're folding. Well, Duan calls. That yeah. seems every decision Duan's made so far feels like, oh, that's pretty standard and easy, except for not four-betting preflop, but that's also fine and normal. Yeah. Um, so the pot's now pretty big. Got 90,500 in the pot. Just like that, man. Yeah. It gets real. It's a uh, king, king. Well, I'm sorry. People like it when I say it in order. King, eight, deuce, two spades, king of diamonds on the turn. The river is the eight of diamonds. Antonius gets there. He makes yeah, a full house. That's pretty sick. It's not fair. Now, Duan, again, has an easy decision. It's like, yeah. clearly I have to check here. Always checking. So that's what he does. Should Antonius bet? Okay. So the only thing we're losing to is a king. Yes. That's good. Duan rarely has a king for a number of reasons, right? Let's hear him. Um, number one, he plays wide ranges, and so he can have a really wide range. It doesn't have to be super tight and on the fly. But he did call twice. 
No, I'm I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, so like his his range starts wider. Sure. Than a lot of other players, right? And even his flop calling range is wider than that, right? So Dwan can have an eight himself. Dwan can have a king. Dwan can have a pocket pair. We are not sure Dwan's going to call an eight on the turn. Um, we're not sure, but he can, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, we're doing should Patrick bet the river? Yeah, okay, and eights are chops with us, by the way. Yeah, of course. No, now. Yeah, now they chop. No, we're never going to fold out an eight. We wouldn't, tr- we wouldn't expect an eight's going to fold the river, right? Um, Maybe so, not. It, it's it's crazy to target that. Yes, yes. You know, let me say it that way. Um, okay. Dwan sometimes, when the king pairs on the turn, is going to raise his value, and he didn't. So we can eliminate some of the kings that way, too. Plus, there's two kings out there. There's less kings to be had. Those are all reasons f- for him not to have a king. I don't know. Do you really think Dwan would check-raise a king on the turn? Yeah, I think he would a fair amount of the time. He's Tom Dwan. He's going to do that as a bluff sometimes. So he's yeah. got to do it for value at least some of the time. I guess so. Too. I guess so. He's definitely the guy who will sometimes play his fast hands fast, his big hands fast. Not always, but he really will do that a lot because he just, his, his image is such that he's just putting chips in all the time and raising all the time. Do you think he can profitably raise King Jack there? I am not sure. I am legit not sure. I mean, if he's got King Jack, is he just going to go call and then check the river and hope Patrick bets and doesn't have him? Or is he going to raise understanding that he may have to make a really tough decision later? but trying to get value from all the times Patrick has aces and queens and things like that. I don't know because of the dynamic. I mean, in a standard situation, you should not raise King Jack on the turn. Of course. But with these guys, I think he probably is supposed to raise for value. Maybe. But I I agree. It's They have so much history and so many times of doing nutty things where this is just like so such a strong hand, you know, from Tom's point of view. But if he raises and Patrick re-raises, that's very bad. Patrick is, I mean, what's Patrick even going to re-raise, though? Eight's full. Right. He's not even going to re-raise ace-king. He's going to call with ace-king, yeah. right? So so maybe that's the good news if we have king-jack. You know, the only thing, if Patrick call, if Patrick raises, the only things we're losing to there are eight's full. The problem is, if we check-raise, no, we're getting way off the path, but whatever. The problem yeah. is, Esdwan, if we check-raise king-jack on the turn and get called by Patrick, yeah. and then we check the river, Patrick's going to bet ace-king for sure, and now it's a much bigger pot. Well, we don't have to worry about that. Patrick's, I mean, a butt's, if Patrick has us beat, a bet is going in on the river one way or another. Yes, we're making or he's, we're going to make the better The size side. is a lot different. No, of course. But we're trying to get value out of aces and queens and jacks when Patrick has those. Hands, I don't right? think you really followed what I'm saying exactly. Uh, yeah, I didn't understand why you said it. You're okay. saying if we check the river. I'm, why sa- I'm saying a reason river? not to check raise king jack on the Right, turn. no, because the pocket's bigger and then the, this, the river bet is exponentially bigger, right? Right, because what you. I get that. Encounter to your point that. Um, Patrick's only going to three bet ace queen or not ace queen eights. I don't know why I said ace queen. Me either. Um, meaning that we f- can feel comfortable that if we get three bet, we can easily fold. Yeah. But if we get called once we check raise, we're going to lose a much bigger pot either way. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Which is a reason not to check raise. But no, that's part of going for value, right? I mean, sure, you're going to lose a bigger pot, but you're trying to win a bigger pot, right? You're trying to you're trying to. But the, here's the thing: Dwan is not going to check the river if he check raises and gets called. He's yeah, going to bet the river. I guess he's not. He's going to bet big to try and get called by queens and jacks and tens. And if Patrick has ace king, he loses this time. Yeah, that's right. He is going to bet the river. Yeah, okay. for sure. I just don't think he's going to check raise a king as frequently as you might think. I know he's going to try to get value sometimes because of his image, but I don't think it's that frequent. I mean, the question, I mean, we, if he has ace king, he's definitely going to check raise, right? Or no, sorry. He, if it, anytime he wants to check raise for value, he would do it with ace, ace king would be part of that range. Yes. What do you do with king queen? Do you think? 
I don't know. I don't know either. If Patrick's been three betting him a lot, maybe King Queen and King Jack are an easier check raise for him. Also with all their history. I think he might. I think I think this is part of the range. But all, we can't. All, but know. not all of the kings, right? He's gonna check call. Of course he's not always gonna do it with all of them because he needs to have bluffs in there too. Sorry, not bluffs. He needs to have um very strong calling hands in his range. Right. But so, I think most of the kings he's gonna probably check raise on the turn. But Duan can get to the river with kings. He, he has to be and able he to can get do it with sometimes. some frequency. Right. Yeah. So, so that's something that Patrick should be concerned when deciding whether or not he should bet. Correct. Because he's in position, he doesn't have to worry about a bet going in if mm-hmm. he doesn't want one to. Right. Yeah. But on the other side of it, of course, Patrick Hand is so strong and a little bit disguised. Although not really. I guess his range is also strong. Although he's stronger than his range at this point. It, no, no he's that's not. not true. That's not true. Because he's if he, he, bet, he bet, bet the if turn. He, yeah, if he bets the river, he's repping Kings full. Yes. And he actually has a slightly worse hand than that. Yes. That said We said he would check aces on the turn. Right. We thought he would at least. Right. We were wrong, but we thought he would. Well, we're not sure if we were wrong. Maybe that's different for him for some reason. Than Ace eight? Yeah. Why? Because you don't have to worry about as many of the other cards coming in that go with the spades or something like that. That's fair, but you also don't block an eight, which yeah. is kind of great to get value out of. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get deep into these guys' heads. They, were, they are among the best players in the world. I think even though they're among the best players in the world, there is an emotional element of how your hand improves or not as the hand goes. Like With ace eight, the king feels like a good card on the turn. Yeah. With aces, it feels like a bad card on the turn. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know if Patrick's passed all that, though, or not. Yeah, I don't either. It's hard to to know. Um, Anyway, so we're repping kings full. However, eights full sort of plays effectively the same from Patrick's point of view. Of course, if Tom has a king, we're going to lose a a big bet here, right? Yeah. Tom's either going to call or raise, and it's going to suck. But if we're trying to get value, there's real... I mean, there's, there's still stuff we could potentially get value from. Like... Like, well, like the hand Tom has. Queens is a hand we could get value from, for sure. Jacks is a hand we could... All those pocket pairs that are greater than eights could call here, right? Because because beyond King's full, what are we really supposed to have that we would bet the river? Like, we're checking back aces now, for sure, right? Yes. So now Jacks might sit there and think, like, so you have a king or nothing? You have a queen or nothing? Sorry, Queens would think that too, right? You have a king or nothing, right? Yeah, but here's a problem for Patrick. Yeah. If he's been three betting a lot and he three bet ace eight, he yeah. has a ton of kings. Well, I mean, sure. Right. So that means an eight is way further down in our distribution than it might normally be. I mean, I don't know if I completely agree with that because he has a ton of kings, but he also has a ton of everything else's, right? So he has more kings than he has eights. Yes. He has more kings than he has eights. Correct. So that matters. That wouldn't be the case if he was only three betting ace king. Okay, but we have effectively the second nuts here, right? Yeah. So that's pretty good. It's a pretty good hand, and Tom has only ever called. He's never shown an aggressive He's never taken an aggressive But he could action. definitely have a king. Tom Dwan is tricky. Of course he can have a king. But are we not supposed to go for value with effectively the second nuts? Okay, so I guess the, the next question has to be, can we get called by worse hands? Right, that's the next question. I would think that if Tom had a big pair, he would have to strongly consider calling us for sure. Just putting us on a three-barrel? I mean, as Patrick, we probably have three barrels in us in this and on this board in this way. It's a little scary because two cards that Tom very easily could have in his hand are not going to fold. Yeah. The king and the eight, right? Right. And we don't get a value out of either one of those. Like, isn't that the majority of Tom's range? I mean, the thing is, this: the eight feels like kind of the majority of Tom's range, really. And me. he's not really folding that, right? Unless we overbet. Although you were thinking that Tom's going to fold a fair amount of eights on the turn, right? And, but call with nines, right? Yeah. 
So if we're thinking there's a lot of nines, tens, jacks. Okay, that's a fair point. From those. Um, because the thing is, nines, tens, and jacks are going to sit there and like, well, the eight didn't change anything. Like, because Patrick went bet bet with an eight. Turns out he did, but come on. Yeah, what changes is that he went for all three. Right. You know. Right. He's so willing to keep putting the money in. So you're like, it's a king or nothing. Yeah, the, the eight actually does change a lot. Well, it does, but it changes it not for those reasons, right? It changes it because the because Tom Dewan could have eights full now. Yes, exactly. That's why it changes And it. Patrick doesn't expect him to fold eights full too frequently once he gets here. Yes. So he's less likely to bet his non-kings. Exactly. Right. That, no, the, and, that's, and that is, I think, the, the key to this whole hand. Yes. Is that Dewan checks and Patrick decides to bet again anyway. He does. Even though the eight pairs, and now Tom's sitting there, he's thinking, well, look, Maybe want, somehow, some way, Patrick bet aces on the turn, but he sure ain't betting him on the river. How can no. he bet? How can he bet aces on the river? It's a bluff, or he's got me, and that's it. By the way, aces has him. Tom Dwan loses to aces. Okay, fair enough. My point is like so. So there's no worse hand that's ever betting for value, right? Right. right? If if he's checking aces, that's yeah. why I'm saying it. Um, I could have said it as jacks, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, there's no chance. Patrick's ever taking this line with jacks, right? He's never going three bet, 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 bet. No, you don't. Once the river pairs the eight, he's checking that back. Yes. He's even checking back a better hand than queens, which was where I was going, right? Um, So, but you wouldn't expect it's an eight. I mean, it just looks like it kind of has to be a king because Patrick would never think he's going to get time to fold eights full. Right. Whether whether he can or not is a totally separate conversation, but to target eights full is absurd. Right. And um, Antonio bets 56K, by the way, into 90,500. Yeah. If he's targeting eights full, he's probably going to bet bigger than that. Mm. Yeah, like you kind of have to call, right, buddy? Yeah. You're the world's best bluff catcher. You're not going to fold the world's best bluff catcher. Right. He, I feel like he would bet like pot if he was trying to get eights full to fold. Maybe. Oh, to fold. Yeah. 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 75, 80K. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he's trying to get called. I think this would be a more interesting bet by Patrick if he bet really big, like polarizing himself, even mm. though he doesn't have the top end of his range. I mean, he's pretty polarized based on the line. Yes. That isn't polarized. I mean, it's $56,000, so it's it's not nothing, but the line is super polarizing for yes. sure. Yes, and in fact, is. to the point where Dewan is sitting there and now goes into the tank a little bit because the whole plan is not so great anymore. Like if the eight doesn't pair, if it's a deuce on the river and Tom checks and Patrick bets... I think Tom's going to find a call relatively quickly and not go into the tank, is my guess. It's at least got to be the plan, right? A non-spade brick? Maybe. But now it's like Tom's supposed... That is supposed to help Tom. That's bad for Patrick, by the way. That means Tom is going to fold when Patrick gets there and is ahead of him and call when Patrick doesn't get there Yep, and loses. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still good for Patrick because he got there. But yes, if, if on the turn, it's not a good spot the way it's all going to play out come the river, for yeah. sure. For sure. I mean, Patrick's in one of these things where he sort of got himself in this situation, and now he's just trying to get value on the river, I guess, which is not crazy. It's not crazy. I mean, so. Patrick's pretty sure he almost always has Dwan, right? Even though Dwan can have a king, he yeah. usually has him, and so he wants to get value. It's not crazy to try. Here's the thing. Tom Dwan folds. Yes. Like the best hand in his range that an, that an eight can beat. Yes, that's right. That is that's And that goes back to what you're saying yeah. about, like, it's not so good, really. Yeah. It's the spot in that. And it makes maybe then this, and I've been arguing for why this is a good bet, but with this new information that Dewan is, and he folds, I say he goes into the tank and he does, but it's not a long tank either. It's like no. 30 seconds, a minute. You know, it's not, he folds relatively fast. Yeah, because he understands the situation. Yeah. I think, uh, he knows Patrick would have to check back almost everything on the river when the eight pairs. It's not a good time to bluff anymore. Right. 
Patrick basically has a full house all the time. Right. Or maybe he has some sort of weird air suited connector hand that it just feels like it has to take a shot. But that's all that's all it is now. I mean, but are we crazy enough to just target the the nines through queens hands and that's the only hands we're targeting with our bluff when like Duan's not calling or Duan's not folding an eight for 56k pretty much ever? I don't think so. Right. So I think I think we're giving up anyway when the eight pairs and I think that's why Duan can comfortably fold the queens. Right. Which is bad. This is all bad for Patrick. It's all very bad for Patrick. Yeah. And so this goes back to, is this actually a good bet? If Duan's capable of seeing all this, putting this together and making this fold, then maybe we can't bet eights full. Yeah. Right. Like you would think Duan is going to feel forced to call until you think about it a little bit deeper. It's like, Oh no, that card is so good for Duan's range. That's supposed to scare the heck out of Patrick. Patrick, is maybe maybe Patrick should only be betting a king and should really only ever have a king here. I think this goes back to the turn bet being a mistake, actually. Yeah. Now, I know in the end, as a result, we get about the same amount of value as we would have because Dwan would have certainly called the river if we had checked the turn, I think. Yeah, no. Probably. I yeah, no, no, I, yeah, I think so. But I, I like where you're going with this. Right. But yeah, where was I going with it? Because now you oh, get it and I the, forgot. The turn bet being a mistake. Yeah. So if we check back the turn, Dwan is going to bet some of his bluffs. Yeah. And he's going to bet his queens and also... So, like, the hands that are better... Like, we're not going to be in this game theory disaster space, which oh, we put ourselves in. I also... What I figured out, the extra part of it being a mistake, I know we got the same amount of value, but in a way, we allowed Duan a free wall if he's going to make a fold like this on the river when yeah. we get there. Because yeah. we put in the 26K every time, every single time that we lose. Right. And Duan only puts it in when he's ahead. Like, and if the river bricks out and Antonio's doesn't get there, we still put in that 26K and so did Duan and he gets to win. Right. Well, if the river bricks out, why are we going to put in the 26K? Because we already did it on the turn. Oh, on the turn. That's your point. Yeah. I'm saying the turn bet is the problem. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It sets up this whole, that's the game theory disaster thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... So, yeah, it sort of creates this thing. But, again, their dynamic in history is is dripping throughout this hand, and it changes it a little bit, too. You yeah. Know? Like I'm st- I, did we ever actually do this hand? I think we did, where Patrick and Dwan played a hand where Dwan was on the button with ace-jack, and Patrick opened, like, small suited connectors. Um, Dwan, I think, three-bet and pre, and then Patrick flopped a flush draw, and check called the flop, turned a straight draw, check called the turn. Dwan river a jack for top pair. Patrick checked. Dwan bet. Patrick raised huge, although he didn't have anything. Um, and Dwan thought forever and finally called. Yeah, I think we pair. did do that hand. And it was a f- really interesting hand. And again, you would never, Dwan would never, could never make that call against most players. He would right. fold. But against Patrick, he just has to call sometimes there. Otherwise, Patrick's going to kill him. You know, so they, they have all these dynamics in history, which, which um, convolutes all these decisions a little bit. You know, everything's a little bit more complex than it otherwise would be. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think I think Patrick messed his hand up a little bit, though. Probably, it seems like he probably did. The fact that Tom played this as easy as he did, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like we can. I can think of the hand he played against Zygmunt, where they both had full houses. Tom had bottom full house. Oh, that was an incredible hand. Yes, and Zygmunt like check raised the river, and it was awesome. And Duan's face, and it like completely like threw him for a loop. Yeah, he's like, how can you? And he finally found he found a fold after like a minute and a half, but he made like so many like I don't even understand what just happened. This is crazy. How could it be? It was awesome. Yeah. And none of that happened here. He just sort of made the face and thought a little bit, and then like, all right, I guess I have to fold because you have to have it, or you have yep. to have it. You have that. You have it so often that it's just not worth calling. Yep. Basically. All right. 
Duan Antonius. Good stuff. I'm sure we'll do some more of them in the future. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.